symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. And I am your host, Ray Russell. We are now at episode 87 in 1987, the summer of 87 to be exact, here in the World Wrestling Federation. And this week, we're going to kick off July TV for the World Wrestling Federation. Going to kick it all off with the July 4th edition of Superstars of Wrestling in just a moment. But first, a reminder you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade in our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, currently also in the month of July 1996. How about that? Over at Monday Warfare and the brand new Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. New episode from Mid-South 1986 dropped this week. Guest co-host Roman Gomez joining the show for that one. Also, more 86 Mid-South on the way, as well as more Georgia from 1981 with Jamie Ward. So you want to stay tuned to the Regional Wrestling Podcast. All of that and more part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like us at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Follow us on social media for all the latest goings on at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And while we're talking about videos, guys, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can find me there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade, uploading new footage all the time as I continue to preserve my old VHS collection by converting it all to digital. Over 480 videos and counting over there at YouTube, including, I just finalized it, guys, the January through June 1987 WWF playlist, a lot of the great stuff that happened throughout the first half of 1987 of the World Wrestling Federation, all in one playlist. Start at the top, start wherever you want, click play, and let YouTube do the rest of the work for you. Lots of great stuff there to watch. The first half of 87 is last week. We started off July 87 with the news and house show results. Here this week, it's off to TV, remember? And we're going to get there in just a second. But first, I should remind you guys, now is a splendiferous time to become a WrestleCopia patron. And you can find us there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Yes, there are multiple tiers in which you guys can choose from, but I'm only asking you guys to give it a try at that $5 all-access tier. And what does that all-access tier get me, Ray? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. You get all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes, pages and pages of show notes for every episode of the Wrestling Memory Grenade, Monday Warfare, and now the Regional Wrestling Podcast as well. You'll also receive early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. Listen days and sometimes more than a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. 
plus remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade covering the 1989 NWA project. Remember that, guys? Includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversations originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the show. But that's not all. You'll also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. That's my personal favorite. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday Night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more, plus random bonus video drops. You never know what's going to come to the all-access tier next. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. It's early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of the shows here on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, plus Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content added in, digital downloads, and so much more for just $5. No subscription, cancel any time. Show your support if you can. Please give us a try for a month. I think you'll like the content that I offer. And every penny of it, guys, goes right back here to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Help pay the bills to keep all of these shows and more up and running for the months and the years to come. And now, with all of that out of the way, as promised, we're going to kick things off here with July TV, 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. It all starts on Independence Day here in the United States of America. It's the 4th of July edition of the Superstars of Wrestling. All right, and we kick it off July 4th weekend. Tape back June 23rd, Indianapolis, Indiana, Market Square Arena. Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino on the call this week as the macho man Randy Savage out to ringside with the lovely Miss Elizabeth by his side, taking on Sonny Rogers. As we get the typical fun Savage squash here, double axe handle off the top rope into the ring, then another double axe handle off the top rope to the outside of the ring. Poor Sonny Rogers back inside. It's the flying elbow. Savage going to put the foot on the chest of Sonny to score the win in 1 minute and 42 seconds. What a way to kick off fireworks here already on Superstars. And the announcers, they can't even ignore that the Macho Man getting like 85% cheers from the fans at this point. Vince McMahon having to play it off like it's all for Miss Elizabeth. As we are now off to Craig DeGeorge, an update. This week, he's going to talk about the Patera beating at the hands of the Heenan family last week. Remember, it was four members of the Heenan family symbolically using the belt of Bobby the Brain Heenan to lash Ken Patera, leaving welts all over his back. Right now, we're going to hear from Ken Patera. From the pages of the World Wrestling Federation magazine, here's Update with Craig DeGeorge. Hello once again, everyone. The latest now on Ken Patera, the recipient of a real, how else can you say it, a real hatchet job by the Heenan family. It happened last week, an utter disgrace as Bobby the Brain Heenan brought four of his family members in to do a number on the former Olympian. Patera was immediately taken to the dressing room, naturally shaken up both physically and emotionally. Billy Jack Haynes and Brutus Beefcake were at his side, and so were our cameras. Wow. As you can imagine, the pain went much deeper than those ugly welts on Patera's body. 
The Heenan family may have enjoyed the first laugh, but it seems to me that Ken Patera may enjoy the last one. You know, Heenan, it's quite obvious that you're trying to keep your promise by trying to rid the World Wrestling Federation of Ken Patera. But all your henchmen, all your thugs, it took all four of them to jump me. Well, I've never been so humiliated, so embarrassed in my entire life. You are creating a monster out of me, and that's fine, because if it takes me one by one, I'm going to go through all your henchmen, all your thugs, and I'm going to rid the Royal Wrestling Federation of all the scum that you stand for, weasel. So the word is out. Bundy, Hercules, Race, Orndorff, and of course Mr. Heenan, they all better beware, because remember, it took four men to do it, and the job was far from finished. And as Ken Patera says, the monster is now out. With Update, I'm Craig DeGeorge. So Kenny's still saying basically what he's already been saying. He's going to go through the entire Heenan family after what they did to him last week. Left him in pain, and even worse, humiliating the former Olympian. And as we come back from break, we see Ken Patera has graduated from college. All part of the latest edition of the WWF magazine. Congratulations, Ken. And it's back to the ring. Kamala and Sika, the wild Samoan, accompanied to the ring by Mr. Fuji and Kim Chi, going to take on the team of Jim Powers and Mario Mancini. Okay, now, originally I theorized that Powers and Roma had been split up because the Rockers had come in for that taping, but the Rockers, they're not here now, and we still see Powers and Roma not yet back together, so some really interesting things going on here in the middle of 1987 with this Powers and Roma team. Of course, we know before too long they'll be back together. But for now, the future Young Stallions split apart for yet another TV taping here as Kamala and Sika in action. Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura do a shtick in this match where Jesse buries some of the critics by name that buried him in reviews of the Predator movie. And then as the match gets going, Vince McMahon asking Bruno what Powers and Mancini have to do in order to beat Kamala and Sika this week. Bruno's response, a lot of praying, Vince. Big pop for Bruno this week. As up next, we get an insert promo from Mr. Fuji during the matchup, talking about his latest find, someone named Bam Bam? Hmm, we'll have to see how that plays out. Jimmy Powers tries early with a dropkick that staggers Sika, but Powers missing a second attempt and gets mauled from the heels. Mancini then tagged in, eats a Kamala Savat kick, then Sika with a nasty fucking Samoan drop. Really cool. As Mancini comes rushing in at Sika, Sika almost landing a, a backdrop driver of sorts there. Really cool spot. It was unintentional, but it was awesome. And then we follow that up with the Kamala Splash. Going to end things here in 1 minute and 54 seconds. Fuji's team of Kamala and Sika continuing to go over here on television. And we saw him make his debut here last week on TV. He's back for more. It's the second vignette of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, this time invading a public pool? Have you ever seen a more gorgeous specimen in all your life? No, sir. You know, there are still a lot of people out there who think that their morals and their pride are more important to them than money. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe it. Because morals and pride can't buy your gold. It can't buy your diamonds, sir. Virgil, you're learning fast. And all you people out there are going to learn the same lesson that Virgil here has learned. That money can and does buy you anything 
or anybody. Like I said, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. What's <laughs> a little brats? Public pool, huh? We'll see how public it is. Anybody here? Can I help you? Yeah, I like a lot of privacy. When are all these little brats gonna be out of the pool? Uh, we'll close the pool at 8 in the evening. Yeah, well, uh, what would it take to make this a private pool right now? I'm afraid I can't do that. It's a public pool and they're taxpayers, and it's I'd have a lot of problems with the mothers and the fathers. Listen, mister, I pay more taxes in a month than these people make in a year. Virgil? I think we can find something wrong with the pool today, don't you? I really can't. It's public pool. I really have problems with the mothers and the fathers. Virgil, I think there's a little too much chlorine in the water, don't you? I'll be right back. Yeah, get these brats out of the water. All right, everybody out. The chlorine level's too high. We're going to close the pool. Let's go. Come on. Come on, you brats. Get out the pool. All of you. Come on out. Out, out. Come on. Let's go. Hey, you two brats, I said out of the pool now. Get out the pool. Come on. It's time to go. Let's go. Let's clear the pool. Everyone out. Let's go. Out, 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 out. I did, too. I came here to swim, not to be shouted at. Yeah. Hey, don't feel sorry for those little brats. And don't be upset with the pool manager. Because he didn't do anything that any one of you wouldn't have done. He had his price, just like each and every one of you has your price. Everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man. DiBiase stating that some people still believe that morals and pride are more important than money, but money buys you everything, including DiBiase off to the public pool from there, looking to make it a private pool for the day, if you will. And it takes a little bit of persuading with the mean green here, but he has the pool shut down. Dozens upon dozens of people forced to leave. Virgil ushering the brats away from poolside. DiBiase saying, don't feel sorry for those bratty kids and don't blame the pool manager. He did what every one of us would do at home. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. And the next thing you know, a slow pan out sees some sad kids looking on through the fence from the outside. Love this shot while DiBiase laying there to sunbathe. He never even wanted the pool to swim in. What an asshole. And I love him for it. The only question I had is, what is a million dollar man doing at a public pool? Must have been far away from home, you'd have to imagine. But still love this segment. Buying off the pool manager, forcing all of these kids, kicking them out of the public pool. And then he doesn't even get in the water. Not that I blame him, but only there to get a suntan. Love that million dollar man. As we head back to the ring, Tito Santana in action. Going to take on Terry Gibbs this week. In mid-match, they show a replay of a freaking arm drag here. What a highlight, Tito. Let's pick up that repertoire, shall we? Gibbs eventually going to the eyes of Santana, taking over briefly, even laying in a nice back elbow to the side of the jaw. But Tito comes firing back. It's a dropkick and a flying forearm. Nobody did it better. Santana picking up the win here in 2 minutes and 44 seconds. And uh, Santana's look and presentation at this point, just bland and outdated for the product. And while the crowd seems to like him, they're just not really into him nor have they been given much of a reason for the past year, year and a half. And I'm afraid if they don't find something for Tito soon, I fear for his future here in the WWF. But I don't think that's going to be a problem. And up next, it's back to Craig DeGeorge with a special report. Craig standing by this week with the Doctor of Style Slick, 
and the natural Butch Reed as we see a superstar Billy Graham workout set to the Jesus Christ Superstar theme. And I'll admit right here, guys, it's pretty impressive the weights that Graham is putting up in the bench. But let's see what the natural has to say about it. What about it, Butch? What about it is nothing. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all. You know why I'm impressed? Put Billy Graham right here beside me, baby, and you'll see why I'm not impressed. Even you people won't be impressed. Because one thing that Billy Graham will never have compared to me, and that's being natural. And I am a natural man. Butch Reed doesn't sound very impressed with Superstar Graham, nor his attempt at making a comeback here in a World Wrestling Federation ring. And as you might imagine, That'll continue to play out over the weeks to come. But for right now, it's back to the ring for the rematch we never knew we wanted. Yes, Killer Khan in the ring with Mr. Fuji in his corner, taking on Outback Jack. Jack out to tie me kangaroo down sport, playing over the loudspeakers here. But on the opposite side of the ring, Killer Khan doesn't seem impressed. Remember the last time out, the match never even took place as Khan choked out Jack pre-match with Mr. Fuji's cane. And Khan attacks here again this week. Did you learn nothing from last time, Jack? Beating down Outback to the mat? The Aussie, though, comes firing back and gets Killer in the corner. But Khan, he won't go down. Finally, Outback Jack with a clothesline causes Khan to stumble around and fall to his knees. Over in the corner, talking with Mr. Fuji, it would appear. Killer comes back up and floors Jack with a thrust kick to the face. And then it's green mist to the eyes of Outback Jack that somehow the referee misses. And Jack is now blinded and down on the mat as Killer Khan lands a backbreaker, putting Jack in place for the diving knee drop off the top rope. Killer Khan going to pin Outback Jack in just two minutes and 10 seconds. And neither of these guys have been particularly great since coming here in 87. Khan didn't really want to bump, and Jack looked a little confused this time around. The match wasn't pretty, but Jack was excellent in the cell job here with the eyes after the matchup rolling around, grabbing at his eyes, rubbing his face against the mat to use the, the cloth-like fabric of the mat to wipe his eyes out. And for a guy who reportedly knew nothing about wrestling before now, Jack, he may not be good in the ring, may not be a good wrestler, but he gets the little things. And that makes him at least passable to me here in this spot on the show. And this was easily a good way to put Khan over on TV at the expense of someone who has some form of name value, but it wasn't going to hurt them because, well, they're not going to be pushed anymore. Poor Outback Jack. And Khan looks like a beast heading into his house show matches versus the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. Jack was never the same again after this, moving down the card, this time for good. As we're off to a promo with Mr. Fuji, it's Mean Gene standing by with Fuji and his newest tag team of Demolition. All right, I want to bring in a gentleman who has done it, virtually done it all in the world of professional wrestling, the venerate septuagenarian from Osaka, Japan, former martial arts expert, samurai warrior, world-class wrestler, no doubt about it, and one of the premier managers today in the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome, Mr. Fuji. Thank you very much, Boisa. You very well dressed yourself, Boisa. I've got to, I've got to pay you a compliment. That is a very fine-looking tuxedo. Thank you. Very so you might have got a little grease on it here or something. Oh, yes. Don't worry, boy. <laughs> huh? Have you ever Let been me... to Copenhagen, Denmark? <laughs> That's what I thought. Let me tell you, American people, you hear my demolition team. You hear how sick they are because Mr. Fuji is sick. 
mind-to-mind communication they receive when Mr. Fuji tell them to do things they do. You, you, you said a mouthful there, Mr. Fuji. Oh, I have a mouthful to say, too. Yeah, boys, I know you do. Demolition! Please, if you would, bring in the members of Demolition at a combined weight in excess, in excess of 600 pounds. That's amazing. What about it, Smash? It's X, Howard! How about getting this straight? I'm getting sick and tired of you. One day you might be in the ring. All right, Axe, I'm sorry. We're upset because every place we go in professional wrestling, they call us Mr. Nice Guys. Nice Guys, why? Because we make the phone call to the hospital before the match to pick up our opponents. I'm not going to make any more phone calls. After the match, if you want to go to the hospital, I don't care who it is. Bulldogs, Can-Ams, the Heart Foundation, it doesn't matter to us. From now on, you're going to make your own phone calls for the ambulance to pick you up. Well, that, I'll tell you, that's a very nice gesture on your part, Axe. You make it a telephone call to the hospital, big deal. Just Man. like Axe says, no matter where we are or who it is, whoever we go against, we're going to break bones. We're going to destroy people. And you know why? Because Fuji tells us so. What Fuji says goes. Wait a minute, this guy's a sicko. How could you possibly... You're the sicko! He's our spiritual advisor. He's our guidance in the ring. Whatever he tells us to do, we do. Why? Because he's been successful. And we want to be successful. There's no team in professional wrestling, absolutely no team, that can beat us. We're the best. I'm I'm curious, I've got a question. Do you gentlemen, smash and axe, do you wear these uniforms or this leather all the time? We wear it all the time. We never take it off. We're always on call. We're like doctors. Prepared for war. All the time? all times. Very good. I'm glad I asked that question. I thank you, Mr. Fuji, and I thank you, the members of Demolition. Axe and smash. Gentlemen, I thank... Smash and that's axe! I'm sorry. Why don't you get that right? And I noted here that I am so glad that the demos could talk. Really, as time went on, it bolstered their characters even more. And Fuji, well, we know he's a man of few words, literally. Axe and Smash continue to develop into the total package tag team here, and I love him for it. And I can't wait as we continue on with the promos between Mean Gene and Demolition almost every week because he gets the names wrong. I'm smashing that's Axe! And of course, Demolition Axe going to refer to Gene as Howard more often than not. I love the chemistry here between Mean Gene Oakland and the heel Demolition. As we roll on, it's time for the Snake Pit. Jake the Snake Roberts guest this week, jump in Jim Brunzel, and B. Brian Blair, the Killer Bees. And Jake out here for interview time, dressing up this week, sporting a hat and all, as the Bees enter the pit with masks on. And Jake obviously confusing which is which to start with. They talk recently beating the Heart Foundation on TV in a non-title match and being ready for a title shot when the opportunity arrives. Jake then leans down to pick up one of his snakes out of the pit, and the bees do the old switcheroo on the snake man, switching sides on Jake Roberts after Roberts had finally remembered which bee is on either side of him. They switch it out, and Jake, he gets their names wrong again. Oh, those wacky bees. It's mass confusion, baby. Hokey promo, I know, but I like the dynamic, the mask giving the bees the gimmick that they really needed. And then it's back to the ring. A little strutting and cutting here with Brutus the Barber Beefcake taking on Chris Curtis as Jesse and Bruno talk the Predator movie during the matchup. Bruno says his favorite parts of the movie were the ones Jesse Ventura wasn't in. I wrote, ha, Bruno, two for two here this week. 
It's a quick squash here for Brother Brudeye. Sleeper Hold going to get the win in just one minute and 10 seconds and would have been even quicker if uh, referee grumpy Jack Kruger hadn't raised Curtis's hand an inexplicable five times to check him before calling for the bell. And then from there, Beefer using the Clippers for some cutting after the matchup puts a little feminine smock around Curtis's neck and spray paints his head pink after the haircut. Brudeye then waking Curtis up to show him his new do in a mirror. An embarrassed Curtis bails from the ring. Brutus the Barber Beefcake really getting over with the fans, especially with the post-match antics. As we're back off to Craig DeGeorge one more time, this time standing by with former referee, Dangerous Danny Davis. He has some comments on the current officiating here in the WWF. With me is Danny Davis, of course. He requested this interview to comment on, of all things, officiating. Officiating? Mr. T comes in here, and Jack kind of gives him a license to referee after he took my license away. I was the best referee there was. Mr. T, you better call it right down the line when you referee. Well, Danny, next week we are going to show you why Mr. Jack Tunney banned you for life for officiating. And from my perspective, well, granting a license to Mr. T was a breath of fresh air. All right, so Davis taking some shots there. The officials have went downhill since his departure from the job. Specifically, the WWF bringing Mr. T in. Davis warns T he better call it down the middle. And look out, Danny, you may regret those words down the line. As up next, we get a quick Jumping Bomb Angels clip. We see Yamazaki and Tateno taking on the team of Leilani Kai and Judy Martin from a recent edition of Primetime. And then it's back to the ring for the Islanders, Haku and Tama, now managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, taking on the team of Special Delivery Jones and Frankie DeFalco. As a giant weasel chant breaks out pre-match, and we get an insert promo from Bobby Heenan, who also claims that he has procured this guy by the name of Bam Bam. So the battle for Bam Bam loosely begins here as two managers, Fuji and Bobby Heenan, claim a stake in Bam Bam Bigelow. And then back to the ring for action, Haku with a hot shot on DeFalco early on, but they're too far away from the ropes, so Frankie, using his arms to even bounce off the ropes, doesn't come anywhere near his head or throat, but I'm not going to rip on Haku here. As the action continues, Haku for a drop down on Special Delivery Jones, but Jones putting on the brakes and dropping a headbutt into the back of Haku. And then Tama tagged in, and Jones going to town on Tama as well. Big body slam and an atomic drop sends Tama out of the ring, and then Jones makes the mistake. And it must feel good for Jones, as it's usually him in this position. But this time, he makes the tag out to DeFalco, who plays the role of SD Jones here. As DeFalco tagged back in, however, the Islanders dismantling DeFalco before a Haku power slam and a Tama top rope splash. Going to get the win here in just two minutes and 29 seconds. The Islanders chalk up another victory as we head off again to Mean Gene Oakland. This time standing by, we're going to hear once again from Ken Patera. All right, here we go again. Ken Patera, Portland, Oregon. Join me, if you will. Over the past couple of years, you've had to overcome some tremendous personal difficulties. You've done so. You've you've paid your debt to society, so to speak. And right now, you have ongoing problems with Bobby the Brain Heenan and virtually every member of his family, Ken. That's right. The weasel has come to the point that the conspiracy is completely out of hand. He turned his gang of henchmen on me, his goon squad, King Kong Bundy, King Harley Race, Hercules Hernandez, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Yeah, I've been humiliated before, 
If I'm so humiliated right now, I'm afraid to turn my back. I don't want the people to see what happened to me. They whipped me like a dirty yard dog. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Weasel, and the goon squad. I can take pain. I can recover. recover. I can recuperate. Well, I'm beyond that. I am so upset at the, the actions that are going on in the World Wrestling Federation, especially from your so-called family, that it's just a matter of time. Like I said before, and I said it to you, Mean Gene, I've said it to everybody. It's just a matter of time when Ken Patera gets in full gear and runs the World Wrestling Federation, or rids the World Wrestling Federation of the likes of you, Weasel, and King Kong, Bundy, Race, Hercules, Warndorf, all of you. You're all going to go down one by one, and I'm going to make sure of that. For the whipping that you gave me, whip me like a red-headed red stepson, I'm sick and tired of that type of treatment. And when I get ready, when I'm in full gear, Heenan, Weasel, whatever you guys want to do, just bring it on because I'm not going anywhere. Camp. Like I say, I'm going to carry these scars for a while, but I do heal, and I heal well. All right, what a beating he took at the hands of the Heenan family. He's strong man, Ken Patera. We're right back. All right, and you kind of knew what was going to happen there going in. Patera looking for every member of the Heenan family, but most specifically, the Weasel himself. As we conclude this edition of Superstars, I found myself finding something fun here segment after segment this week. We kicked it off hot with the Macho Man, Killer Khan getting a good push for his matches with Hogan on the house shows, the Bees now established as the number one contenders to the Hart Foundation, and had there been a SummerSlam 87, you have to think the Bees would have got that title shot. Plus, the Patera Heenan storyline continues on as they haven't quite given up on it yet. And now, the natural Butch Reed even given something to do here with Superstar Graham. Plus, two newcomers addressed again this week. We saw another vignette with the Million Dollar Man, and now Bam Bam Bigelow gets his very first mention here on WWF-TV. As we're off to the following day, July 5th, it's Wrestling Challenge. Here it is, Wrestling Challenge for July the 5th, taped back June 24th, Louisville, Kentucky at the Louisville Gardens. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary as Heenan continues to be brought up the steps to the commentary platform by the Federettes here. Damn that neck injury. And off to the ring, it's Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Tony Leone. It's a good thing Jake got in a few TV matches before his drug test results came in, so you don't notice the suspension as much here. On TV is Roberts with the knee lift and the DDT going to pick up the quick win in one minute and 26 seconds. And Tony Leone even gets a little Damien after the match. As the Bam Bam Bigelow build starts here on Challenge as well, Bobby Heenan announces that he has just about done signing this newcomer Bam Bam Bigelow. As we're off to special report with Craig DeGeorge, it's another million dollar man vignette. Boy, they're moving these things out fast, guys. It's Ted DiBiase vignette number three this week. And this vignette starting off DiBiase in his limo. He still can't believe that there are people out there that don't believe they can be bought. But DiBiase vowing that he's going to continue to prove it to us time and time again. And this week, DiBiase says he's hungry. So, Virgil, 
lunch off to a fancy-looking restaurant somewhere with a long line of people waiting. But DiBiase walking past everyone, he wants a table for two right now. But his name, it's not on the waiting list. And it's a 30 to 35 minute wait at this point. But he's the million dollar man, damn it. And Ted DiBiase, he doesn't want to wait in line for anyone. Virgil begins shelling out the Benjamins here. And what do you know, all of a sudden, perhaps DiBiase can be seated in 20 minutes. But more money comes out as Ted says he doesn't care about the regular customers, or if they have to kick somebody out of their seat, DiBiase wants a seat right now. And it appears that the million-dollar man finally finds the host price, as he's off to get Ted a table. From there, one of the people in line asks DiBiase, why can't he wait like the rest of them? Ted DiBiase doesn't even bother to respond, but instead places the jacked-up Virgil in front of him, having Virgil to deal with his issues, as in our next shot, we see DiBiase seated at a table just like he wanted. As he states, don't be mad with the Mater D. He did the same thing every one of us would have done because everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. And these first three vignettes, really well done. These were obviously shot, produced prior to DiBiase's final run over there in the All Japan promotion before he comes in to the World Wrestling Federation full time here at the upcoming TV tapings. Just an excellent way to get DiBiase over as the ultimate heel. Job well done. Excellent producing of these videos and great delivery by Ted DiBiase as well. As up next, we get a Lanny Poffo poem about WWF ice cream bars. Poffo enjoying himself some ice cream there. And then it's back to the ring for the new Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. The Colonel Jimmy Hart in his corner taking on Jim Powers this week as we get an insert promo here from Jimmy Hart stating that he also will be the manager of Bam Bam Bigelow. So we're up to three managers now here for the Bammer, as Jimmy Powers tries his hand at the IC champion, but eventually fails. It's Honky Tonk Man delivering a sit-out clothesline and the shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker, picking up the relatively easy win here in 1 minute and 37 seconds as, the, as Honky Tonk Man gets on the house mic and says he's going to keep defending that intercontinental title for us because the title is for the fans. Talk about another heel getting himself over, doing a great job here. Let's hear it again one more time as the Honky Tonk Man says, let's go Honky Tonkin. I'm going to miss being able to play that here when he changes his theme. But for now, we're off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the Killer Bees. All right, as uh, Cab Calloway would say, Heidi, 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 ho. You like that? I like it a lot, too. Come on in. Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, jumping Jim Brunzel. Jimmy Brunzel, I've known you since you were knee-high to a grasshopper. You're home up there in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. And, of course, uh, B. Brian Blair from Tampa, Florida. Right now, the Killer Bees 
are red hot. You're on fire. We sure are. You know, Mean Gene, and it's Independence Weekend, and we've been ha having fun all weekend long. Matter of fact, Jump and Jim and I went on down to Hazel's Honey Hut for a little fireworks yeah. display. Yes? We sure did. Hazel said he, she saw you the other day on TV, and she said, you know, B. Brian, Jump and Jim, that Mean Gene's been looking a little down in the dabber, man, and this is Independence Weekend. He's got to wow. be happy. He's got to be a proud American just like you guys are, and I got something just for him. So she reached up on her shelf here, and she got herself a pint of Orange Blossom Special, and she said, give this to you, Mean Gene. With so that's a present from Hazel. She also left her telephone number in here. Well, that's, uh, you can keep that to yourself. But what we're talking about right now, Mean Gene, is in independence, and we're thinking about the World Tag Team titles. You've got to be. You've knocked off in two non-title matchups. The current champions, the Hart Foundation, Jim Brunzel. That's right. Uh, Independence Day, land of opportunity, and the opportunity is waiting the bees. You know, uh, you know, the hearts come out and they uh, talk real confident, but uh, deep down inside, Brian and I feel that they're a little leery now, you know, because there's a mental aspect of professional wrestling as, long, as well as physical. And twice they've been confused and twice they've made mistakes because of mass confusion. Ah. And hopefully when we get them in a ring the third time, Maybe we'll confuse them again they, and wind up taking those belts. They say things come a series of threes. Let's so, hope so. Yeah, uh, this could be the third one, and it's conceivable that the Killer Bees could Let's be so. the new tag team champions of the world. I thank you, Jim Brunzel. I thank you, B. Brian Blair. And gentlemen, please thank Hazel. We sure will. For this Orange Blossom special. Stay tuned, fans. We're going to be right back. And Brian Blair bringing Gene some Orange Blossom special from Hazel and her honey hut, whatever that means. And boy, I haven't been to a honey hut in nearly 30 years. Do those still exist? Gene addressing the situation, as did Jake Roberts. The Bees have knocked off the Hart Foundation twice now. And this most recent time, the Hart's tag team champions now. So it's clear the Bees are deserving of a title shot. We'll have to see what happens there. As they talk a little mass confusion, which could come into play, we very well could see new tag team champions before too long, should the Bees get that title match against the Hart's. And then it's back to the ring. More barber action here on Wrestling Challenge this time. Brutus Beefcake going to take on Frankie DeFalco as we see a dead weight slam here from the beefer on DeFalco and a knee lift. Brutus laying in the knee good before locking in the sleeper hold. Going to get the win here in one minute and 48 seconds. And you know what comes next. It's a little strutting and cutting. And then more dying of the hair. This time it's red dye on the head of Frankie DeFalco. And DeFalco gets woken up to a rude awakening. Not that rude awakening. Beefer waking DeFalco up, showing him his new hairdo in the mirror here this week. DeFalco losing it, covering his head and running from ringside in humiliation. What a babyface thing to do there. Brutus Beefcake, everyone. As we're back to Mean Gene yet again. And I should note, I'm sorry I didn't mention this on the July 4th edition of Superstars. Mean Gene loved to do this back in the day. Did it for years. After every major holiday, Mean Gene would wear giant sunglasses to cover his eyes implying that he has a major hangover. He did it to host episodes of All-American. He did it in interviews here as well. Mean Gene did it all throughout those promos on Superstars. He does it here on Challenge as well. Mean Gene selling the uh, after effects of a 4th of July hangover. Not saying that Gino didn't have a hangover here. Very possible knowing his uh, love to party. But all of these promos were recorded well before the 4th of July. Just saying. Nevertheless, it's off to Mean Gene Oakland, this time standing by, ooh yeah, with the macho man Randy Savage. All right, stay tuned, more exciting World Wrestling Federation action right around the corner. Ever since March the 29th of this year in WrestleMania 3, this man has, I don't know, been somewhat of a state of limbo. Come on in. Macho man Randy Savage. State of limbo. 
Oh, yeah, caught that right off the bat right there. Yeah, things are in proper perspective for the macho man, Randy yeah, Savage. Am I right? Don't worry about the macho man. Yeah, what do you want? To talk to me right now, yeah. I, I, there's a number of things that I want. Number one, I, I, I feel somewhat offended. Last couple of interviews I've conducted with you, you refused to bring or have Miss Elizabeth come up. I enjoy talking to her about her tennis game. And certainly i got to talk to you about the possibility of becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. I understand that the title bout has been signed. Yeah, all conversations about tennis games are uh, put aside right now. You know what I mean? You're oh, under yeah. control. Do you realize it. it or not? And there's a change going on in this world right now. Yeah, Hulkamania has peaked out. Yeah, he would have went on and on and on except for the fact that the Macho Man Randy Savage is in the World Wrestling Federation. And oh yeah, I'm going to take that World Heavyweight Championship belt. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Super guarantee. The Macho Man Randy Savage is going to win the World Heavyweight Championship whoa, belt. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> you, you guarantee that you're going to win the World's Heavyweight title? That's exactly right, yeah. And I don't care where it is. It can be east of the Mississippi, west of London, England, south of Mars. And north of the South Pole, it doesn't really matter, yeah. Hulk Hogan, I am the Lord and Master of the Ring, and I am going to be the new world heavyweight champion. I can't believe he just did that. I better call Las Vegas, too. You guarantee it? Guaranteed victory! We're right back. The Macho Man seems to be moving away from the IC title, looking more forward to challenging Hulk Hogan in the WWF title, and they did this, I believe, in the short term, because Savage was wrestling Hogan quite a bit on the house shows here in between these killer con matches with the Hulkster as well. As up next on Challenge, it's a replay of Superstar Graham and his workout, Butch Reed's response. Looking forward to more of that next week here on WWF TV, but for now, it's back to the ring. Demolition, Mr. Fuji in their corner, going to take on the team of Paul Roma and Special Delivery Jones. So Roma back to his old partner from Australia, SD Jones here, as we get an insert promo from Fuji, who, you guessed it, he also states that he has signed Bam Bam Bigelow. So three managers in one show, and four all together. As Demolition dominate here, Paul Roma finally throwing a dropkick on Axe and making the tag out to special delivery, but the babyfaces just don't get much offense here. Jones takes a nasty bump over the top rope to the floor courtesy of Axe as the crowd ooze loudly at it, and immediately after that spot, Paul Roma eating a nasty-looking hot shot from Smash as well. So both of Demolition's opponents go down hard within a matter of seconds from one another, and the Demolition just demolished the duo. It's a Demolition decapitation on Paul Roma, going to pick up the win here in 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Remember, we saw Paul Roma and Powers get dominated by Demolition. They made the big stink. They had the rematch where Roma and Powers kind of held their own for a little bit there before doing the job again. Then it was Jimmy Powers back in action against the Demos with a new partner. He didn't fare too well, and now Roma, the same here again this week. Really odd, really weird things going on here with Roma and Powers at this point in time, and Demolition for that matter. But Demolition just murdering people in the ring at this point, and I think it's getting about time that they find something more for Axe and Smash to do, because I feel like they're ready for it, and in the meantime, just, yes, demolish and destroy indeed. Demolition, one of the greatest tag teams of the 1980s, as it's off to Craig DeGeorge standing by with the British Bulldogs. Again this week, they have their mascot, Matilda, alongside them. Now remember last week, DeGeorge speaking with the Bulldogs, they said that they've been taking advice from Matilda. So we're back again this week. DeGeorge says 
He knows that the Bulldogs were just joking around last week about Matilda giving them advice. But the Bulldogs reassure Craig, it's no joke. Matilda is the brains of the Bulldogs outfit, it would appear here. So as the 80s go on, the cartooniness of it all expands. Instead of just being a good tag team now, not only having the mascot Matilda in their corner, they're playing it off as if she's their manager. It is what it is. As challenge goes on, we get a replay from Superstars last week. It was Kim Patera taking on Cowboy Frankie Lane, and then after the matchup, the beatdown from the Heenan family on Kim Patera, receiving multiple lashes from Paul Orndorff, Hercules, Harley Race, and really nasty shots from King Kong Bundy as well. And Kenny coming out of that segment with a lot of welts across his back, the doctor advising him not to let them get infected, but no doubt about it, Patera more humiliated than anything, looking for revenge as they continue to try to find something to get this Patera-Heenan family feud thing over. As we have one more match here this week on Wrestling Challenge, it's Killer Khan in the ring, Mr. Fuji in his corner, taking on Mike Richards as we get back-to-back Fuji matches. First it was Demolition, now it's Killer Khan. As the killer lands a pair of thrust kicks, Fuji then distracting referee Jack Kruger as the Mongolian miss Mike Richards. Green stuff all over the face. Khan then setting it up with a pile driver before delivering that flying knee drop off the top rope as if the pile driver wasn't enough, as if the mist wasn't enough. Khan really devastating here, scoring the win in 3 minutes and 22 seconds. And it was kind of lengthy for a stomp and chop match from Killer Khan who usually he gets these matches done in about 90 seconds, but definitely trying to get that miss spot over now as he goes into those matches with Hulk Hogan. Khan using it here, even if he doesn't need to, against a job guy. And that devastating flying knee drop off the top rope. He doesn't have a large arsenal of moves, but he looks really good when he lands that knee drop from the top, does Killer Khan. As we close out this week's edition of Wrestling Challenge, one more promo here. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Tito Santana. Arriba! All right, I want to take the opportunity to wish everyone a safe and happy 4th of July weekend as we celebrate our nation's independence. Tito Santana, come on in. Tito Santana, one of the the great ones, one of the stalwarts in the World Wrestling Federation. A lot happening right now. A lot has been happening in your professional career, especially over the last three or four years. But right now, Tito, I'd have to say you're at the top of your game, so to speak. Well, you're exactly right, you know, especially for the number one reason that that I've been really putting a lot of thought and training into is the fact that the Honky Tonk taking the belt away from Ricky the Dragon's steamboat. You know, Honky Tonk, you know very well, my man, that once you get that belt, it's a big difference. It's a different ball game, Honky Tonk. You start going against the number one contender day in and day out. Every time you step into the ring, you're going against the best, Honky Tonk. And that's exactly why I can't wait to step into the ring because I want to catch you but he's not ready. You know, Tito, you were the Intercontinental Champion, I should point out just for the record, for, for some 14 months. And you know the kind of pressure that is brought to bear on a champion. Well, you're exactly right, Jen. You know, uh, pressure every time you step into the ring, you know, because everybody's gunning for you. From the best to the worst, they all want a title match. They all want to wear that belt. That's exactly what you're going to have to learn, Honky Tonk. That everybody has got their eyes on you, my man, and you have to concentrate on one person at a time, Gene. Indeed you do, and the honky-tonk man is going to find that out in in very short order. Tito Santana, I recall WrestleMania three vividly like it happened yesterday, March the 29th of this year. During the course of uh, events at WrestleMania three, 
You got into a little uh, a little scrape with uh, the doctor of style, Slick. He contends he had a $2,300 tuxedo on that you ripped off him. You're exactly right. You know, it's just like uh, 4th of July and uh, March 29th. You know, the fireworks just went out. The fireworks exploded, Slick, because I got tired of putting up with you. I gave him warning after warning to keep his... I don't want to say it over the air, Gene. No, keep his stones out of out of the ring, and he he interjected himself time and time again, and you finally got to him. I, I got and as a result, one. he's throwing everything but the kitchen sink at you, including one-man gang, the natural Butch Reed. He, he says the natural Butch Reed is going to get rid of Tito Santana once and for all. He didn't get the job done, did he? I'm still here. Now the one-man gang, Nikolai Volkov. I'm ready, Slick, for anything you have to throw at me. But I didn't make one point, Slick. Keep your nose out of my business, or next time, his pants might be coming off, Gene. Ooh, I hope I'm he's not watching television right now. <laughs> that might give him some ideas. <laughs> I thank you very much, great one, Tito Santana. Truly one of the superstars here on our World Wrestling Federation. All right, Santana doesn't have a lot going on here. He has some matches with Danny Davis on the house shows. He's coming off that feud, if you will, with Butch Reed and the Doctor of Style. We know Reed's moving on to Superstar Graham here, so... Santana doesn't have a whole lot to do, but that'll change pretty quickly as we're off to the July 6th edition of WWF Primetime Wrestling. Hosted this week, as always, by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan. We head into the intro here. This week, all sorts of discussion. Going to talk outlaw Ron Bass, pigeons, and Bobby Heenan even offering Gorilla Monsoon a peace offering after that debacle last week with the x-rays. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Primetime Wrestling, where we feature the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation, and what a hot main event we have for you this week. Our feature attraction, of course, Billy Jack Haynes, the big guy from Portland, Oregon, taking on the outlaw Ron Bass and Betsy. That thing should be outlawed. Billy Jerk Haynes? No, I'm talking about that bull whip that that guy carries around. He doesn't with use it on anybody. He can have a bull whip. He doesn't comes use around, it. Here's another little doesn't use it on anybody. I haven't seen him use it. You anymore. haven't. Well, stick around. Stick around. How about that moron that hangs around with that dirty bird, that pigeon? I Coco be. Beware, are you yeah. referring to? Yes, I am. <laughs> Still, what is that? What is it? You're always bringing me little treasures. My dearest gorilla, sorry about last week's x-rays. You should be sorry. No, I didn't write my dearest Hope this gorilla. peace offering finds you well. Love, Miss Betty. This is her personal stationery? Personal stationery. Cute, huh? P.S. Please give Bobby his phone back. Not this week. You're being punished this week. Don't just punish the host like yeah. that. You're being punished because you uh, made a fool out of everybody by I bringing those horrible x-rays of a foot last week. Those were just... Disgusting. Hey, I had nothing to do with that. Hey, x-rays do get lost. Yeah. But I have x-rays this week that I've personally brought with me of my neck. Of your neck? Yes. That remains to be seen. We'll take a look at them a little bit later on. Now hand me the phone. No, you don't get the phone. No way. And the gorilla punishing the brain here this week 
No telephone for Bobby Heenan after that x-ray of the, the foot. So we're having some fun here already on Primetime Wrestling. And Bobby swears he brought new x-rays. And he promises this week they are indeed of his neck. We shall see as the show rolls on. I should note here, we get a matchup involving Tiger Chung Lee scoring a win here over Brad Rangans. But that's not what I'm glued to here, guys. This matchup from June 6th in the Boston Garden. And the referee, ready for this, Rita Marie. Rita Chatterton still working off and on. We hadn't seen her really since the Boston shows around the beginning of March, prior to WrestleMania 3. But here it is, Rita Marie still working off and on with the World Wrestling Federation, at least in her native Boston area. And I've seen the reports online all over the place for, for years now that, oh, she finished up at the end of 86. We know that not to be true. She was working very actively. Saturday night's main event tapings, like I said, all the way into the Boston Gardens, heading into the month of March 1987. And then she kind of disappears from TV tapings and things like that. But here she is, still working off and on with the WWF as late as the month of June. And I think it's safe to say, had she made those allegations prior to this point, she wouldn't be on this show here. So I'm not sure when they were made. Perhaps they were made later here in 87. Of course, they're all resolved now as of 2023. But I'm just trying to get more of an accurate time period in which all this stuff went down. And clearly it happened much later than a lot of people report online. As primetime continues on, Bobby Heenan got to claim the rights here to Bam Bam Bigelow once more, this time describing the big man. Let's listen. You should be looking to obtain the contract of Tiger, Tiger Chung Lee. If you can get it by a guy like <clears throat> Brad Rengans, who's got some really impressive credentials. Instead, you're mealy-mouthing about a guy named Bam Bam Bigelow, who everybody and their grandmother is laying claim to already. Everybody's got dibs <clears throat> on him. Fuji, uh, the colonel. Dibs on him? Yeah, dibs on I him. I have him. Yeah, I've practically got the man inked. A handshake to me is as good as a signature. Your handshake? Yes. Forget about it. You mean you wouldn't... Uh, yeah, definitely not, no. You wouldn't uh, co-sign for me for anything? <laughs> no, definitely not. No way would I co-sign for you. I got news well, for I'll you. tell you What's something. What's the story on a guy? I haven't seen a guy. What does he look like? Well, he's uh, 396 pounds. The guy probably moves faster than... Uh, Bundy. Everybody moves faster than Bundy. I'm not talking about that. The man is very fast. He can drop kick. He can head scissors. He can do it all. He's, he's quicker than Brunzel and Blair. That's probably why everybody wants him. Oh, he's a talent, and but I have him. don't have him locked up yet. I have him. So we've heard already four managers claim the rights, claim their stake in Bam Bam Bigelow. Bobby Heenan, one of them, seems to be the most credible at this point because he can actually describe what this man looks like. My question is, how do all of these managers know who Bam Bam Bigelow is, but nobody else has ever seemingly heard of him? Putting him over is like the next big thing, but yet nobody else really selling who Bam Bam Bigelow is. It's up next here in the Sound Bites for Primetime. We're coming out of a million-dollar man vignette. Well, we're actually going back to vignette number one at the hospital, DiBiase paying his way through line in order to get a Band-Aid for his paper cut. Let's hear Bobby and Gorilla's take on the million-dollar man. What a despicable individual. I wonder how much money it'd take from him to lay on you to take a walk. Huh. I'm sure he could buy you out a whole lot cheaper and a whole lot easier. I have a price. I'm sure you do. So do you. Well, maybe, maybe not. Mine's cash. Yours is in stocks of bananas, probably. Well, mine, mine might not necessarily be monetary. It, you know, there are other things that would, might make you, you wouldn't, do something. Uh, let's say he wanted you to shine his shoes. For, for an amount of money? For 100 bucks, would you do it? No. For 500 No. For 1000 No. It's, it's not the money. It's the principle. For 2000 It's the principle of the thing. For 10000 
It's the principle, Bobby. Well, so you don't have any scruples see, or principles. In the event he calls you and wants you to do Please. it for ten grand and you don't, call me. Yeah, call you. You'll be able to do it right away, I'll right? I'll get both shoes. More than willing. And wants to part with ten Gs like that. I can Talk about guy with principles. All right, and so Bobby Heenan basically agreeing that everybody's got a price. The Gorilla Monsoons might be in bananas. As primetime wrestling rolls on, we get more action, including the Ken Patera whipping at the hands of the Heenan family. No doubt about it, Bobby Heenan has some things to say. I think you made a big mistake. No. I think you did. That's just a little sample. That was just a little taste. You see, if I wanted to take you out, Patera, I'd have taken you out like that that night. Real stand-up guys, all five of you. I don't care if it takes 20. I still got Andre the Giant, the Islanders. And Bigelow, you don't know what I'm planning. What do you think, Patera doesn't have any friends? No. Oh, yeah, he does. He has a lot of friends. Yeah, he's but got real friends. You're not you had out to buy the yours. They're not out on the bricks yet. Nobody's made bail for all his buddies. But I'll tell you something, ex-con. That was just a little sample, that whipping. That's something your mommy and daddy should have done to you when you were a little kid. Big mistake. I'm not done with The guy yet. was upset before. Now he's incensed. He's going to clean up you and the rest of your family. Whether it be collectively or one at a time. So Bobby gloating at what the Heenan family did to ex-con number 59919. Gorilla Monsoon thinking Heenan's going to pay for his antics. Is up next, it's discussion on the return of Mr. T to the WWF. Mr. T now an active special enforcer referee here in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, now you're happy, right? You always scream and holler every week about the poor officiating here in the World Wrestling Federation. Now we've got an enforcer, Mr. T. You got a guy here that can't even go out and get a decent haircut, and he's going to referee? Who cuts his hair? Ray Charles? Let me tell you something, Mr. T. You better stay right there on that A team or the T team, whatever team you got. You want to whip somebody, go whip up on George Papard. He weighs 109 pounds. You get in my way, pal. I'll jam all that junk jewelry right down your throat. You stay out of the ring. They had a decent referee. They had a Danny Davis. Now that this punk here, I'll hit you so hard you'll grow hair where it don't. <laughs> Boy, you're awful <clears throat> powerful when the guy's not around. He's not here to defend himself. You want him here? I'll get him here right now. Yeah? No, you can't use the phone. No way, shape, or form can you use the phone. I'll be very happy. We'll be to, I'll be very happy to see Mr. T come in as a special uh, referee for a number of matches. Well, I, he better not involve himself with me. He better not referee any members of my family's well, matches. The man's incompetent. The man can't even get his hair cut. How could you possibly say Talk about haircuts. Take a look at that piece of garbage in the back of your head. Well, it's probably from that thing. We'll be back in just a moment with plenty more to come this week. I happen to have nice hair. And then from there, some commentary on the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty. In fact, Bobby Heenan bringing up a plane crash that recently happened in Dorchester. Could that have been because of Pete? Special delivery, S.D. Jones, one of the stalwarts here in the World Wrestling Federation for quite some time. And an interesting matchup coming up with the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty. Friend of yours, I understand. <clears throat> you know, they had a big fire a couple weeks back in Dorchester with that airplane crashed. Oh, yes. I remember. Yeah, when I saw it on the news, I just thought Pete was just had another night on the town. Oh, Didn't please. know there was a plane crash. He does get a little wild, I tell Yes, me. he does. He's uh, always fooling around, always doing something. He'll have to keep an eye on Special Delivery Jones. It's going to be a great match. Let's go to it. Always fun to get in a couple comments about Pete Doherty there, the former Golden Terror. As we close out this edition of Primetime Wrestling, Bobby Heenan promised it all show long. Here it is, new x-rays. And yes, they are, in fact, of his neck. It's not for you to decide how my hair is going to look. Actually, it'd look a lot better if you take that stupid neck brace off. You don't need it anymore. And just let's see the other x-ray. You had more than one sure. in there. What do you? Help what's yourself. the other one? 
That's another x-ray. Shows my part neck. of the Well, this shows part of the cranium as well. <clears throat> and my head up there too. Ah. <laughs> Look at this. What? Big calcium deposit there. See? You, you see? broke you broke your jaw when you were a kid. Yes, I did. You have it wired together? I can see it right there. A lot of calcium building up on the where the ramus of the mandible articulates with the mandibular fossa, the temporal bone. There. You could be in serious trouble later on in life with that kind. But look at the neck. Absolutely nothing wrong there with the neck There is something wrong with the neck. Look, right by your meribulus there. What? How, what do you think? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Uh, people know uh, what I mean. Unfortunately, we'll be back in just a moment with Big King Kong Bundy. See the, see the femur? The femur. So there he is, Dr. Gorilla Monsoon here. Uh, doesn't see anything going on with Bobby Heenan's neck. However, he thinks he's going to have some issues with his jaw later in life. And when I told my son Connor about this line on the show, my, my son cringed because he knows what winds up happening with Bobby Heenan. And obviously, not a haha moment here, but uh, still funny for the time. Is Gorilla Monsoon looking at x-rays of the, the neck and skull of Bobby Heenan? He doesn't see anything wrong with the neck. But then pointing out all these things that must have happened to Bobby Heenan in his childhood to his jaw. You had it wired shut, didn't you, brain? You're going to have issues with that when you get older. As this edition of Primetime comes to a conclusion, we head forward to the next week of TV. Superstars for July 11th, tape back June 23rd. Once again, Market Square Arena, Indianapolis, Indiana. Fitz McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno San Martino still on commentary here. As we get Kim Patera in the ring, going to take on Iron Mike Sharp as Kenny Patera, now with theme music. On his way to the ring, Olympic theme music, to be exact. And you have to think, this at least bolsters his likability a little bit. At least hides the fact that he's not getting a whole ton of cheers on his way to the ring. Patera out to the Olympic theme. And I'm sure with no legal rights to it here. Is Mike Sharp, a big, tough man, no doubt about it. But he can't match power with Ken Patera. Impressive body toss by Patera on Sharp, leading to the bear hug submission just one minute and 45 seconds and on commentary Vince McMahon hard selling Ken Patera here like it's 1979 Patera but the fans just aren't taking the bait as up next it's update with Craig DeGeorge as we head off to a house show somewhere we're in an arena somewhere with the million dollar man Ted DiBiase and Virgil DiBiase walking around ringside throwing money to the peons the peasants in attendance and we'll cover this more on challenge so for now, we'll roll on here on Superstars with six-man tag team action. Going to see the mighty Hercules teaming with King Kong Bunny and the King Harley Race. Two kings in this matchup, taking on the trio of Paul Roma, Mario Mancini, and Jim Evans. As the WWF going out of their way to keep Roma and Power separated on these last three TV tapings. And all three job guys color-coordinated this week, all rocking red trunks. As we get an insert promo here from Bobby Heenan, he says he has Bam Bam Bigelow signed, not Mr. Fuji, who must be mistaken. Remember, Fuji, last week in an insert promo, claimed that he had signed Bigelow. Heenan saying Fuji's mistaken. It's he who has Bam Bam under contract. And we follow that up with a comment from Bruno Sammartino, who says, I never heard of the guy. What a way to get him over, Bruno, as the heels dominate this match the entire way. Bundy with an avalanche in a corner and a big elbow drop. On Jim Evans, going to get the Keenan family the one, two, and three. And Bundy, he's not done. He wants five. So the referee back down, four and five. This match is over. Goes about two minutes, 18 seconds, or two minutes, 23 seconds, if you count that five count there. As we roll on more action in the ring this time, Ricky Martell and Tom Zink, the Can-Am Connection, 
taking on the team of Terry Gibbs and Dusty Wolf as we get an insert promo from the Islanders speaking some Samoan before they say they're getting wild. And that's why you guys have a manager. In the ring, it's a four-way melee early on, leading to the Can-Ams monkey flipping and Atomic dropping their opponents together before stereo jumping toe touches by the Can-Ams. Where's Kamala when you need him? Would have been awesome if he had did that in response in a tag team match. If the Can-Ams jumped up and touched their toes and the Kamala did it back, talk about a pop. I know I would have. Great stuff here from the Can-Am connection as Martel nails a back elbow. It's poetry in motion. Martel flying off the back of Zink there with the back elbow. And then from there, it's flying head scissors aplenty from the Can-Ams. Fun action until the veteran Terry Gibbs lowers the top rope, causing Martel to take a bump out to the floor. And then the heel side taking over briefly here before Wolf accidentally hitting Gibbs. And Tom Zink gets the hot tag, drop kicking everyone in sight before Martel back in with his own drop kicks as well. Tom Zink then up to the top rope. Rick Martel placing Wolf in a bear hug of sorts. Zink flying off the top rope with a missile drop kick. Can-Am Connection going to pick up the win here in 2 minutes, 55 seconds. And the Can-Am Connection getting so good with their teamwork, and then it just all goes away. And I should note that Tom Zink actually quit the promotion two days before this match aired, but they were still holding out hope that they could get him back. So I guess it's so long to the Can-Am Connection. And I think we have one more match to burn off here next week on the Grenade. But for all intents and purposes, the team is already done. And it's super unfortunate that we missed out on some fun Can-Am Islander matches to come. As we head back to last week, we see a clip of Killer Khan misting Outback Jack. Vince McMahon then announcing that Jack sustained some vision problems, but we don't know to what extent yet. You've had a week? And you don't know to what extent yet, Vince? Something tells me you don't care. And then again, a little art imitating life there is uh, nowadays Outback Jack dealing with a near-complete blindness in both eyes. As we head back to the ring, Jake the Snake Roberts in there again this week, taking on Brian Costello as Jake is over as you-know-what here, guys. As he quickly takes the fight out to the floor, and then back inside we get loud DDT chants as it's the short arm clothesline, the knee lift, and yes, Jake delivers the DDT as whoever this shitty referee is here makes the slowest count ever. Nevertheless, Robert's scoring the win. One minute and 45 seconds, and then post-match, Brian Costello going to get Damien to close it out. As up next, we're off to a special report with Craig DeGeorge. And this week, it's a lengthy special report segment on everything that led to the Danny Davis firing. Screwing everyone from Tito Santana out of the IC title to Billy Jack Haynes in the fall to the British Bulldogs in the WWF Tag Team titles. At the beginning of February, Danny Davis was then finally fired, only to be signed immediately by Jimmy Hart minutes later. So this was done essentially a refresher of the entire Danny Davis saga up until now to set something up between Danny Davis and Mr. T down the line. As up next, it's more Predator footage with Jesse the Body Ventura and then back to the ring for the new Dream Team. Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dino Bravo, along with manager Luscious Johnny V, taking on the team of Siviafi and Leaping Lanny Poffo here. JV showing off his brand new Stamp Out Beefcake shirt. No beefcake is what his shirt reads. As Brutus Beefcake joining for commentary here, talking about cutting his former partner Greg Valentine's hair. Beefer looking to get a hold of the Hammer. Also, during the matchup, we get an insert promo from Johnny V, 
who continues to insist that he too has signed this Bam Bam Bigelow. As the match gets going, the Dream Team picking Siviafi apart for seemingly ever. Bravo with a gut-rich suplex and a dropkick. One of his last, I'm sure. But Dino finally missing a middle rope leg drop and Afi managing to make the tag out to Leaping Lanny. And it's Lanny Poffo going Bafo on Dino Bravo. Lanny even busting out his moonsault finisher on Bravo here, but Greg Valentine in to break it up. Bravo back up to his feet with a side suplex. And then Valentine tagged in, going to drop the big hammer, the elbow drop by Greg Valentine before pointing to ex-partner Brutus Beefcake sitting out there on commentary and applying the figure four to Lanny Poffo, the new dream team. Going to pick up the win here in three minutes and 35 seconds. Poffo getting the trifecta there, the side suplex, and then Valentine, both of the hammers finishers, the elbow drop and the figure four. Valentine making sure to point to his former partner Beefcake before he locked it in and scored the win, adding a little insult to Poffo's injury. As post-match, the hammer, he just won't release the hold, leaving the figure four on Lanny Poffo. So Brutus Beefcake to the ring with scissors in hand. Didn't your mother ever tell you don't run with scissors, Brute-Eye? Snipping the hair of the hammer while he had the figure four locked in. Finally, something to further this crap feud between the Dream Team and Brutus Beefcake, cutting a lock of hair off of Greg Valentine, who was none too pleased. And let's go back. Let's talk about Bam Bam Bigelow here real quick. I like the story that Bigelow is such a hot commodity. Clearly the number one free agent star right now headed into the WWF, but all of these managers repeating themselves ad nauseum here, and we're only two weeks into this thing. And if this continues, it's going to be too much for me to handle. But, you know, coming out of that matchup, I felt like this might be a good time to head off to a couple of promos, back-to-back promos, in fact. First, we're going to hear from Johnny V and his dream team, and then after that, we're going to hear from the other side. We're going to hear from Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Johnny V, come on in along with your new dream team. You're proud. Proud as punch of these boys. Proud Proud is the way, huh? Why wouldn't you be proud? Look at Greg the Hammer Valentine here. Look at that robe the man got on. You think I buy that thing down Sears or somewhere? You think you're some half kind of a Chinaman somewhere locking it? What do you mean, hey? That's the sign of dedication. That's me telling you, or rather Bravo, telling Valentine, baby, I'm dedicated to you. Man, I'll be there if you're in trouble. Greg's telling him it's a connection. It's a situation where it's teamwork. It's like the inside of a Rolex watch, understand? These are things that's going on. There is communication going on in the dream team. And Brutus Beefcake, you eat your heart out. You can cut, but you can't go do nothing else, baby. You're going to cut yourself right out of my life. But I'm you not know, with you yet. You know, time is going by yeah, week what? by week, and you see that fruitcake going on national TV, putting guys to sleep and ah, chopping their hair off. Well, time is ticking, but I guarantee when a yeah. hammer down gets you down in our position, you're going to be crying, brother. Right, I guarantee man. that. I'm a justice of the <laughs> peace. You know, it's a shame, Mean Gene, that we got to waste our interview time on Brutus Fruitcake. That's it. But every time I look at my manager... I look at him in disgust. Oh, I'm embarrassed to walk down LaGuardia Concourse waiting to catch an airplane. Oh, I am too. Because everybody thinks he's some kind of pervert, some kind of deviant. But you know something? This is what Brutus Beefcake, this is what he did to the man that took him all the way to the top of the mountain. Made him a champion. Yes. Made him what he is today. Oh, yes. No respect, Fruitcake. No respect. You see that shirt? Yes. Stamp out beefcake. Look. No, no stamp beef- out no beefcake. Beef <laughs> no beefcake. No beefcake. Okay. We're going to no. break his legs, Gene. No beefcake. I like the Both haircut. of them. I like no. the haircut, Johnny V. No beefcake. <laughs> 
We've heard from the new Dream Team, along with their manager, Luscious Johnny V, earlier on, in the interest of getting both sides of the story. I think that it is appropriate right now for me to bring in this gentleman from San Francisco, California. He has really turned his life around over the past three or four months. He is the barber now. He's got a, a second uh, line of trade, so to speak. The barber, Brutus Beefcake. I call him the San Francisco Clipper. Welcome to Primetime Wrestling. Thanks a lot, Mean Gene. You know, if you stop for a second and listen to that, that, uh, I don't know what you exactly call him, Lustrous Johnny V, whatever you are. Wacko. <laughs> Your elevator ain't stopping at all the floors, man. When I cut your hair off, something happened to the man. I don't know if his brains fell out of his ears or he never had him to begin with or I don't know what's happening with that man. But one thing's for sure. If Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo are listening to this ignoramus, I have to call him, then what kind of a chance are they going to have when I get in the ring with them? You know, some people say, I've gotten some comments, either at LAX Airport out in hot in Los Angeles or when I happen to swing into the Big Apple at LaGuardia. Some people say you've improved the looks of luscious Johnny V with that very stylish haircut. Well, you know, I never have ever claimed to be able to cut hair, to, to know how to cut hair, Gene. And that's what makes it so much fun when I get my chance to do it, you know? It kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of my head, Gene. Hey, by the way, Brutus, uh, if I could save a, a sawbuck here, could I get just a little trim? I don't I don't need the whole nine yards, if you know what I mean. <laughs> my pleasure. I like my to pleasure. periodically get this done every okay, week or so. we got you taken care of. All right. But, it yeah. won't be so painless for you, boy. All right, there he is. He's the barber, and he is one of the great superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. He is Brutus Beefcake. So as much as we'd all like for Beefcake to move on, move away from this feud, the two sides still having their issues with one another, and at least we've been getting Beefcake and Valentine matches as of late here on the house shows as well. So that makes up for it a little bit anyway. Keep Dino Bravo out of the ring as much as you can. And I was a giant Dino Bravo fan back when he could move. And up next, it's Craig DeGeorge in a special report. We saw a little of this last week. Well, they're back again this week, the Natural Butch Reed and the Doctor of Style Slick. They promised to return to watch another video of superstar Billy Graham. Well, Butch Reed, you are obviously a tough man to impress. Last week, the superstar leg pressed over 1,100 pounds. That didn't do anything for you. Well, how about this one? What that weight training has done. Let's take a look at this posing routine of superstar Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham is back. Well, even you, Butch Reed, had to be impressed with that. Well, I'm still not impressed. Billy Graham, you still don't impress me. Let me tell you people something. It's getting a little bit out of hand here. It's getting a little bit too close to home compared Butch Reed with Superstar Billy Graham, baby. Let me tell you something. Now, if, now, we done seen the superstar pose down, but let me show you something. Next week, I'll show you a pose down, buddy. All, all up. I'll show you these pecs. I'll show you these deltoids. Side view, front view, back view. Get ready, because I'm going to show it to you. All right, we'll look forward to that next week. All right, so we got another Superstar Graham video here this week, posing in the deserts of Arizona as Jesus Christ Superstar. Again, plays in the background. Superstar Billy Graham is back in the World Wrestling Federation, and Butch Reed still not impressed with the superstar. He says you can't compare Graham to the natural. As this week, we got a look at a superstar pose down. Well, next week, Butch Reed promises he's going to show us a real pose down here on TV. 
So Butch Reed vowing to return next week to show off his muscles. His natural body. But for right now, it's off to the ring. Going to close out this edition of Superstars with the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, with Jimmy Hart in his corner. Going to take on veteran Omar Atlas here as we get an insert promo from Jimmy. He says next week he will have exclusive footage of Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay, so maybe now Jimmy Hart is in the lead of the running here for Bam Bam because he seems to have footage of Bigelow promised to show it here on Superstars next week as the veteran Atlas gets in some shots early on on the Honky Tonk Man. Nice drop kick, but lowers his head for a backdrop and Honky Tonk Man taking over from there. And then it's the shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker scoring the win here for the new IC champion in just one minute and 42 seconds. And we're going to finish up Superstars here Got another promo lined up for you guys. This time, Mean Gene standing by. Maybe one of the last times ever. Maybe the last time ever. Not really sure. We're going to hear from the Can-Am Connection. I've got to bring in these two young gentlemen. They comprise the Can-Am Connection. From Canada, from Quebec City, is Ricky Martel, his partner from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Tom Zink, the Can-Am Connection. And still a lot of people shocked at what happened in front of a national television audience, Rick, when uh, Bobby Heenan announced that he was going to be managing the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Yes, we are still shocked. And everybody, the world's still shocked. And I heard that right now the Islanders are living the good life. They're enjoying themselves. You know, that Bobby Heenan has brought them the first-class lifestyle, and they're enjoying it. But let me tell you something, Islanders. Enjoy it while you can. Because you may be in for a rude awakening when you step in the ring against the Can-Am Connection. Because you see... Gene, they made each other, you know, Heenan and the Islanders, they made each other promises. But you see, the delivering may be a lot harder than the promising because they try to pull a fast one on the Can-Am Connection. Yes, they took us by surprise, but the next time around is going to be very, very different. All right, now, Tom Sink, certainly you and Rick have got your eyes on the title holders, the Hart Foundation, as a lot of other tag teams do. That's right, Mean Gene. We do have our eyes on those belts. That's our final goal. Hopefully that's everyone's final goal, all the tag teams. There's a lot of competition. But the Islanders, what you did to us on national TV isn't sitting lightly. And like Rick said, you're enjoying it. Well, fine, go on and enjoy it. You better really enjoy it because you only go around once in life. And you've come out here, and I've even heard them say to you, Mean Gene, that they want to make a stepping stone out of the Can-Am connection. Am I right? Yes. But believe me, Islanders, when we get a hold of you, and we're going to get a hold of you, you're going to have another guess at coming because we mean business. All right, right, gentlemen, I thank you. The Can-Am Connection. All right, and Rick Martell, Tom Zink, they sound ready for the Islanders, but boy, is that going to change in a hurry as we're off to Wrestling Challenge for July the 12th. Tape back June 24th, Louisville, Kentucky at the Louisville Gardens. It's Gorilla Monsoon and the still-in-a-neck-brace Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary here as we head off to the ring for the Junkyard Dog, taking on Brian Costello this week. And the dog is back, looking a whole lot bigger and a lot less smiley. As on commentary, Gorilla Monsoon trying to put over the added weight of the dog is making him more dangerous. And it's head but so plenty here from JYD before the thump power slam. Going to pick up the win in one minute and 52 seconds. And then post-match a little juking, a little dancing with the kids here from the dog as we're off to our next special report with Craig DeGeorge this week. It's on the mist, the green vile mist of Killer Khan. Hello, everyone. I guess it's a case of what did you expect? I'm talking about Mr. Fuji and his latest fine Killer Khan. The vicious Mongolian shocked the World Wrestling Federation with his imposing size and eerie methodical nature 
when he arrived a few months ago. Now, if that didn't do it, how about that face and haircut not quite out of the GQ mold? Now, on a serious note, if all of that wasn't scary enough, his latest action certainly is an absolutely nightmarish weapon in true Fuji fashion. Well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, look at that! What was that? Something spewed out of the mouth of Killer Khan right into the face and eyes of Mike Richards. What was that? I think that's uh, some mystical mist. I don't know. Mystical mist? It was disgusting, whatever it was. Killer Khan quickly dispelled ideas that this action was a one-time occurrence. Now it has reached a new magnitude. Khan's latest victim, Outback Jack. Ooh, what was that? What was that? What was that? I didn't catch that. Looks some sort like some sort of green spew flying out of the mouth of Killer Khan. Well, not much is known to this point about what that green substance is. We do know, however, that it is temporarily blinding. Both Richards and Alpac say they are experiencing great eye irritation, but fortunately both are recovering under supervision. Now, Fuji and Khan appear to be more than just contenders at this point, and one wonders if this mystifying new weapon will eventually land them a title shot and perhaps be the difference in beating Hulk Hogan. With this special report, I'm Craig DeGeorge. So we heard there in the commentary, Bobby Heenan referring to it as mystical mist. We thought it was just a one-time thing, but apparently not. Outback Jack was the next victim in line, and this report essentially done to put Khan over without acknowledging his feud with Hulk Hogan since it wasn't going to happen in every market. So the WWF subliminally putting Killer Khan over to the masses as he takes on the World Wrestling Federation champion in certain towns, and then it's back to the ring for the Islanders, Haku and Tama, with Bobby Heenan by their side, taking on Mario Mancini and Jerry Allen. And Mancini here, still sans mustache. Need to grow that back, Mario. As we get Johnny V on commentary with Bobby Heenan at ringside, JV alerts us that he is the one who signed Bam Bam Bigelow, because of course he did. Great crossbody here from Jerry Allen early on Haku. Gets him a two count, but soon after, the Islanders going to pick their opponents apart. Haku with a nasty thrust chop to Allen's face. And then a drop kick, nearly taking Allen's head off also by Haku. Loved Haku when he was trim here. He could really move around, making him double dangerous. Mancini finally tagged back in, runs right into a Haku thrust kick. And the Islanders with stereo jumping Diving headbutt's going to get the win on Mancini. Two minutes and 42 seconds. Islanders have really upped their game in short fashion since turning heel and joining the Heenan family. As up next, we get more localized promos. And I didn't make these in time for the house show results edition of the Grenade last week, but they're just as good. And listen to this one, guys, for the Arco Arena. Mean Gene Oakland standing by. Make sure you listen to the Doctor of Style Slick. He's got with him the natural Butch Reed. All right, hi, get everybody, Arco Arena, Sacramento, Wednesday night, July the 29th, 7.30 p.m. start. Slick, come on in. Your man, built, what a powerhouse this guy is, the natural Butch Reed, your man to go against Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jack Haynes, all-American bimbo. We <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes, custom-made retard. And you know why I say that? Because you've got all the physical tools to be a world champion, yet you don't have a strap around your waist because you're stupid. Well, this man right here has it all, brother. He's got the body. He's got the brains. And he's a superior athlete. And brother, tell him what's going to happen when he steps in the ring. See, I keep knocking him down, left and right. 
But you understand? But Reed has still got to keep climbing that ladder. Let me tell you something. The last time I was in Arco Arena, I beat that macho man half to death. I beat him almost from a macho into a sissy. You know what I'm talking about? And now he gets to cover the title shot, and Butch Reed's got to take on a nothing happening sucker like Billy Jack Haynes, another imitation strong man. Well, let me tell you something about all you strong men out there, baby. There's only one strong man in every kind of way it is to be strong. That's a natural Butch Reed, natural brains, natural body, just a natural man pit. Billy Jack, I'm going to take you down. Our co-arena, the 29th, and we're right back. And the slickster referring to Billy Jack Haynes there as a custom-made retard. Wow. Unbelievable. Back to the ring. The Killer Bees in action. Tag team action here. Taking on the very capable team of Cowboy Bob Orton and the magnificent Don Morocco. But no Fuji here for the matchup. Hmm. It would appear that Fuji has basically wrote this team off. But weird that he would just depart Don Morocco after all these years without any storyline in place. As the match gets going, we get a feeling out process here early between Orton and Brian Blair. But the miscommunication starts early when the Cowboy accidentally leg drops Morocco during a Brian Blair cover. So Morocco making the cover on Blair, Orton in to stop the cover, but Blair out of the way and Orton accidentally leg dropping his own partner. And then moments later, Brian Blair drop kicking Orton into Don Morocco. Sadly, the crowd barely making a noise for any of this, by the way. As the issues continue on, the Ace Cowboy throwing a fit, shaking the ropes. And that somehow comically brings Morocco into the ring the hard way. Morocco holding out of the ropes, Orton shaking them like the warrior almost, and somehow the momentum forcing Don Morocco to take a bump into the ring, which was kind of funny, but this crowd still doesn't seem to care. As the heels finally take over control, Orton with a gut buster on jumping Jim Brunzel, but shit breaking down pretty quickly thereafter into a four-way melee, with Cowboy Bob accidentally clotheslining the referee down maybe clocking him with the right hand, I couldn't really tell, and then tossing Brian Blair out to the floor. The heel's going to go for a double team on Brunzi, but the referee calls for the bell, disqualifying the heels in 4 minutes and 20 seconds for Bob Orton's accidental assault. Well, that was a cheap finish. Bob Orton and Morocco try a double suplex on Brunzel after the matchup, but Brian Blair back in the ring to help Jumping Jim land on his feet, and the Bees with stereo dropkicks going to clear the ring as the heels head to the floor. And then post-match, the referee having to explain to Morocco the reason for the DQ. Morocco missed it when Orton popped the ref, which causes yet another tiff between the tag team partners. The two men have a disagreement, and it doesn't get superheated, but they're clearly not on the same page. And everything from the promos to the post-match stuff here makes Morocco out to look like the heel, even though he'll wind up being the babyface. Because Morocco just doesn't know how to be a good guy. Talk about a natural heel, but I love Don Morocco either way. And this story going to continue to play out over the next few weeks here on TV, no doubt. As it's back to more localized promos at the Arco Arena. Mean Gene Oakley going to talk to Tito Santana about his upcoming match against the King, Harley Race. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back up into the ring for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. There is a sensational World Wrestling Federation card coming up here in town that includes two big title bouts. The honky-tonk man to put his title on the line against macho man Randy Savage. Savage himself, a former Intercontinental Champion. 
And the Killer Bees will be challenging the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, for the World Tag Team Belts. Tito Santana, I'm going to prevail upon you, you yourself, a former Intercontinental Champion. You've got your work cut out for you on this big upcoming card. You've got a man who considers himself the king of this great sport. He is His Majesty Hardy Race, part of the Bobby Heenan family. Well, me and Gene, you know, uh, you know I've been around for quite a while, and I've been insulted by a lot of people, Harley Race. You come out and you say, yes, you, Tito Santana, will be bowing to the king. That's not insulted in itself. And then he says, why am I wasting my time going up against Tito Santana? I'm going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world. Why am I wasting my time against Tito Santana? Well, let me tell you something, Harley Race. You will not see me bow to you, and you will not go through me to get the Hogan. You're going to find out, man, that it's... You're going to, you're going to come up and find out the, the, you know, the dream is going to be over, Mean Gene. Well, one thing I can assure you, Harley Race will not be wasting his time. As a matter of fact, the way I see it, he is going to have more than his hands full. I guarantee you. Enfrente a toda la gente mía que me está escuchando, este cobarde se burla de los luchadores que todos se linkarán y ahora dice que está perdiendo el tiempo en contra de Tito Santana. Vamos a ver qué tiempo estás perdiendo. We'll see who's wasting time when we step into the ring, baby. All right. Because I'm coming to win, Harley Race. Arriba! Big card and a big baby. match. Tito Santana to beat Harley Race the King right here. And just one of the many random opponents for Tito Santana on the house shows right now. Again, wandering around aimlessly in the WWF is Santana for the time being, and this time it's out there against the King, Harley Race. And up next is a special report replay from Superstars, week number two of the Superstar Billy Graham video, the pose-down video, with the natural Butch Reed promising to return here next week for his own pose-down for the fans. And then it's back to the ring for the one-man gang, Doctor of Style Slick out there with him, taking on Jim Evans as we get an insert promo from Slick. I can only guess... Slickster, yes, also clarifies that, yes, it is he who signed Bam Bam Bigelow. So we've completed the list of managers here this week, everyone claiming to have a piece of Bam Bam Bigelow, but who will it really be? As the gang attacks Evans with a nasty clothesline, not WrestleMania Five Shawn Michaels level of nasty, but still nasty nonetheless. Then from there, it's back to Craig DeGeorge. They're really making use of him as of late, this time standing by with Bobby Heenan and several members of the Heenan family as they talk the great family whipping. I'm with Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Heenan family. That utter disgrace last week, the hatchet job on Ken Patera. Oh, you're referring to the great family whipping. Well, we reviewed the tape last week and I could watch it over again and over and over 24 hours a day. Some comments? We just didn't give him quite enough. It was one of the greatest nights in the history of the family. Hercules. It was the most fun I had all week. If you guys have one compassionate bone in your body, you won't be too proud of what you have done. We'll take a look at this. This is Ken Patera after the incident right in the locker room. And we're going to see who has the last laugh on this one. Well, you are, huh? Well, I'm going to tell you something right here and now, pal. I'm not going to rest, Patera, until you are physically, physically destroyed. We did something to you your mother and father should have done, society should have done, the day you were born and walked the streets. Because I'm not going to rest until you are finished. Are you listening to me, jailbird? And there was the Heenan family having a laugh at Patera's expense. But who will have the last laugh, Brain? We'll have to wait and see. Back to the ring, six-man tag team action. feel like we've seen this team before. Hillbilly Jim, Tito Santana, and Billy Jack Haynes. Stuck here in this one, taking on the team of 
Terry Gibbs, Tiger Chung Lee, and Chris Curtis. And this babyface team of Haynes, Santana, and Hillbilly Jim, they might as well hold the six-man tag team titles at this point. I wrote, ugh. The only thing missing here is Little Beaver from ringside, but maybe he's off scouting Bam Bam Bigelow as well. As Chris Curtis, remember last week we saw Beefer cutting his hair? Chris Curtis now sporting a shaved head, courtesy of the barber here this week. As Billy Jack Haynes and Tiger Chung Lee have an exchange to start it off, and Billy Jack looking good in there before Hillbilly Jim in the ring with a big cartwheel. And I'm sorry, Hillbilly, you're going to have to retire that once Bam Bam Bigelow arrives. And Hillbilly showing off his size and strength, going for a double bear hug on Gibbs and Curtis, but Tiger Chung Lee in to break it up. As Tito Santana in next with a flying forearm on Chris Curtis, Santana going to score the win for his team, two minutes and 40 seconds. And all three men do a little do-si-doing with each other, and then some ringside kids come into the ring for a little dancing as well. Something about seeing Billy Jack Haynes doing a do-si-do just makes him more scary. And as is obvious from his ring work, Tito Santana can still go, but just continuing to be lumped in these matches here. And Haynes, he's pretty good for his size, but doing nothing now after that feud with Hercules and Hillbilly Jim? Well, enough said. And it's at this point in the show, I must apologize for any background noise, guys, but I have two, two neighbors out mowing their lawn right now while the weather permits. So I do apologize for any background noise if you hear any, but I got to get this show in. So we're going to continue on is up next. Gorilla Monsoon throws us to who he refers to as the $1 million man. I wrote, ha, Gorilla Monsoon referring to Ted DiBiase as the $1 million man. And I touched on this on Superstars. We're going to continue it here. We're going to listen to a soundbite, in fact. A clip of Ted DiBiase at a house show tossing money out to the fans. Well, that's not going to get you booze, Ted. Except for maybe some of the fans that didn't get any of the money. As we now get a voiceover here from the Million Dollar Man. He's going to fight his own daddy for a buck. For all of you people out there who still don't recognize me, let me introduce myself one more time. I'm Ted DiBiase. I'm the Million Dollar Man. And a lot of you people out there think that I'm giving my money away just because I'm a nice guy, that I'm simply generous. Well, you'd better think again. I'm giving my money away because I enjoy watching people. Let me rephrase that. I enjoy watching swine gruffle in the muck. I derive enjoyment from that. Because you see, I'm the million dollar man. And my motto is this everybody's got a price. Don't you wish you had money to throw away? Disgusting. Anytime that you can go out there and dehumanize somebody by waving some green stuff under their nose. Everybody's got their price. That's you not do exactly it. true. You do it. That's not exactly true. You do it. Not for everybody can be bought. By the million dollar man. Monsoon, you do it for five pounds of bananas. Oh, please, give me a break, brain. And DiBiase says, you think he's giving his money away because he's a nice guy? Think again. He enjoys watching swine grovel for the muck, fighting over such petty change. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. As Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan sharing their thoughts on the whole thing, Heenan says he agrees everybody does have a price. Gorilla Monsoon, he doesn't think so. DiBiase has been dehumanizing people, says the gorilla here, as this clip also marks the first time that we see Ted DiBiase and Virgil in their ring gear. The flashy sequin suit of DiBiase, Virgil in his silver vest get up to show off his guns. Look at those arms on Virgil. 
It was so cool when Virgil first came in before he was made into kind of a, a job guy bodyguard, if you will. But Virg certainly looking the part here as we see the debut, at ringside anyway, of the Million Dollar Man at one of the recent house shows. Is up next, it's the Rougeau brothers. Haven't seen them yet here this week on The Grenade. But this week is Jacques and Raymond. All they're doing is shilling the WWF ice cream bars. Going to talk a little English and a little French. No matter what language you speak, the universal sound is mmm. Is up next in the ring, it's the Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation, with manager Jimmy Hart taking on the team of Omar Atlas and Corporal Kirchner. As we get an insert promo here from Jimmy Hart, more talk of Bam Bam Bigelow, as the veteran Omar Atlas has his issues early on, so he tags out to Kirchner, who cleans house, clotheslining the anvil right under the chin and a big drop kick to the hitman, sending him back out of the ring, but Atlas tagged back in and literally the Hart Foundation doing the demolition decapitation maneuver. And I never understood that. Even after Axe and Smash began doing the move, Brett and Anvil, they never gave up on it. And I guess it's just because Brett did the elbow a little differently. That's what made it okay. Then from there, it is the heart attack on Omar Atlas. Going to give the Hart Foundation the win. Three minutes and 14 seconds. And again, pretty sure this marks the end of Corporal Kirchner's run here in WWF television. As we're off up next, We've heard a couple promos from the Arco Arena. This one more of just one of those generic promos from Mean Gene Oakland, but the man he's interviewing certainly isn't generic. Not by a long shot. Mean Gene standing by yet again with the macho man, Randy Savage. All right, tremendous World Wrestling Federation action is seen here each and every week. And there's, there's so much happening these days within the confines of the World Wrestling Federation. I think we should establish still the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, a tremendous, tremendous athlete from Venice Beach, California. They still hold the tag team championship belts. They are the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. But a number of teams are hot on the heels of the Hart Foundation. Jimmy Hart can even tell you that. The Killer Bees, the Rajos, the new Dream Team. I can go on and on. The Well, come on in, Macho Man Randy Savage. You're eyeing a couple of titles right now in the World Wrestling Federation. First of all... Let me pose to you the question of the honky-tonk man. He is the new intercontinental champion of the world, and I know you'd like to regain that title that you held for, correct me if I'm wrong, some 14 months. Not necessarily, no, 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 no. My name is on the, yeah, history books for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, though. But now to the top of the mountain to get Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hulkamania right now. Yeah, I'm looking at you, yeah. I'd rather die of exhaustion than die of starvation. Can you uh, pick that one apart? Huh? Well, what, what does that mean? No way. It's lean at the top and crowded at the bottom. But in my case, it's lonely at the top because I am the future of professional wrestling. I'm the future of the World Wrestling Federation. But honky tonk, man, yeah. Go on and on and on if you can. But Hulk Hogan, I'm eyeing you. And I'm saying to you that I am, yeah, the future, yeah. And there's nothing that he can do about it. How, how is how is Elizabeth doing these days? I don't I don't have an opportunity to, to talk with her a great deal, Macho that's Man. Right, and that's the way it's going to stay right now, right now. Yeah, it'll never happen any other way. And that's everything that I do. I'm talking Macho Madness. That's the key word right there. You know, I get the impression you're trying to swerve me on the subject of the honky-tonk man, the intercontinental champion. You may have an opportunity in the very near future to meet him. 
Yeah, the opportunity, the opportunity to go on and on and on and on. Space is the place, and the sky is the limit for the macho man, Randy Savage. And if I can reach up in the air and grab a passing star and hold it in my hand and have that power for those seconds, yeah, for those seconds, let it be, yeah. I'd rather die of exhaustion than of starvation, yeah. You caught that, didn't I, you? I caught it didn't it. go by you, no, did it, me, Jane O'Gillen? I caught it the yeah. first time. Different wavelengths, let it be. Hulk Hogan, do you know my name? Yeah. Remember it forever and ever and ever and ever. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember, he is the Macho Man, Randy Savage. So the Honky Tonk Man is the new IC champion, but the Macho Man, he is the future of the World Wrestling Federation. Coming after Hulk Hogan in that WWF title, guaranteeing. There's that word again, pal. The Macho Man guarantees a title win, which is a fact although it'll be several months down the road. And as we close out this edition of Challenge, Bobby Heenan promising to bring footage next week of one Bam Bam Bigelow, so presuming it's the exact same footage we're going to see on Superstars from Jimmy Hart, but Bobby Heenan promising it here on Wrestling Challenge. So we wrap it up this week, one step closer to the end of the Orton Morocco tag team, and they spent more time putting over Bam Bam Bigelow throughout this one show than they did the talent on the screen. So clearly, Vince McMahon has major plans and high hopes for this Bam Bam guy. And I can see why. As we got one more piece of business here this week on The Grenade, another edition of Primetime Wrestling for July the 13th. Hosted as usual, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, as we head into the intro of Primetime Wrestling. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Primetime Wrestling once again. And as you can see, out of the goodness of my heart, I've reinstated your telephone for you. Why don't you tell them the truth? What's the truth? I leaned on you a bit. You, le- you, le- you leaned on me. To the people uh, <laughs> in the offices. Well, you, know. you, you did. You, you reinstated yourself by bringing in some extras. I can't prove, in fact, that they were yours, but the, the gesture was there anyway, so I'll let you... Have your and then the way back. we went off the air last week with that emergency phone Well, you call. grabbed the phone so quick out of my hand, I ended up with a cord in my hand. That was Miss Betty when I finally did get to a phone to make a call. That's not important. What's important is we have Betty's a hot... Betty's not important? No. What do you look at? You always... A picture of you. Naturally, the page would be open. In the new August edition of the World Wrestling Federation magazine, a picture of you would be open to... Why don't you show the cover with a picture of this man? Can we get a shot of this, please? The picture of this man right here. Former Excuse Olympian, me. Ken Patera. Let's do it right. Go ahead and talk. What are you going to do now? Draw a beard on a guy or something? Or You always try to fool around and defend. There, now doesn't that look a little better? Why does it look better? What did you do? Put numbers Why underneath don't you give it. give me a break? There'll be some numbers, and there'll, and there'll be the hospital room that you'll be in when this guy gets his hands on you. Right now, title Aging on the Ken line, Patera. the honky-tonk Cell man against George calling. the Animal Steel. So Bobby Heenan given his phone back since he actually provided x-rays, real x-rays of his neck last week here on Primetime Wrestling. They also talked Kim Patera on the latest cover of the WWF magazine. Bobby Heenan drawing a prison number on the chest of Patera there, number 59919. Heenan having a little fun. You got to see it to really enjoy it. But Bobby Heenan still poking fun at Kim Patera. Don't poke the bear, Bobby. We'll see what happens next. As we throw off to a matchup, Taped back on June 24th at the Louisville Gardens. It's the Honky Tonk Man, now the IC champion, taking on George the Animal Steel. We've seen this before, and we'll see it again here. IC champion Honky Tonk defeating George the Animal Steel on a countout. 
and only 3 minutes and 36 seconds after the animal chasing Jimmy Hart backstage, but after the bout, George Steele returning to ringside and attacking the IC champion with his own guitar, smashing it in the process. Way to go, George. But it did make for a fun primetime exclusive as we go on. Coming out of the George Steele Honky Tonk Man match, we're going to hear more from Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. Go ahead, say it. Well, he must be a new pal of Ken Pateras. He committed three crimes right in front of you. Stole a man's guitar, assaulted a man with a deadly weapon, and smashed somebody's property. Guitar is now a deadly weapon? Give me a break, Brian. And if, in fact, it is considered a deadly weapon in your pea brain, I would. did you remember who brought it into the ring? The only way that the honky-tonk man could ever beat George the Animal Steel is to have his manager, the colonel, antagonize the guy enough to chase him out of the building. Yeah, how about when the manager of the baseball team sits in the dugout and yells and walks up and down? You don't see pitchers, pitchers run off the mound and go after him or batters. We're talking about two completely different sports. How can you possibly make it You can't compare boxing to uh, baseball. Boxing? See, now you want to talk about another sport. Give me a break. Listen, I thought you were going to be what? nice. I gave you your phone back. Is it working? This is working fine. Thank you. Fine. So the brain stating that the animal should have been in prison with Kim Batera after stealing the guitar of the honky-tonk man there. In prime time rolling on, Gorilla and Bobby continue to debate this million-dollar man character as we come out of the public pool vignette of one Ted DiBiase. Give what me my five a bucks piece back. of garbage. You gave me $5 to keep quiet during the... I, it was just, I yeah, meant... We I meant, went to the DiBiase piece, and I kept quiet during it. I said if somebody gave you five bucks, would you, uh, five bucks, would you be quiet? You just took it out of my hand. I just... I was quiet during the Ted DiBiase Million Dollar Man piece. You're going you to get bucks. upset now for a lousy $5? You need five bucks that bad, you can have it. Dropping <laughs> a bucket to me. <laughs> you won't sleep for a week, will you? I like the look on those little kids' faces. They were yeah, wasn't that disgusting? See, their parents should have got a proper education. Had they got a proper education, they'd have a good job. They wouldn't have to swim with a bunch of other little nobody. talking in about? Pool. It's a they public pool. Right. If they had their money and saved money and earned money and had a good, decent job instead of some blue-collar work, they could have built a pool in their backyard and had privacy. They wouldn't have to share a pool with 34 little people they don't even know. I'm going to extend a special invitation. I'm going to find out where that was done, where that clip came from, and invite all those kids to your pool in Beverly Hills. To my pool? Absolutely. You think Give I want a bunch address, of little kids in the, the water? You know what kids do when they get in the water? <laughs> Too bad for you. Talk about the chlorine level. I love it. And I love the heel line here from Bobby Heenan. If those kids' parents had proper education... They wouldn't have to be swimming at a public pool. I wrote LMAO, so awesome is the brain. But I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know. As we go on, we're coming out of a lengthy Billy Jack Haynes-Paul Orndorff matchup when Bobby Heenan going to talk more about his neck injury. What a battle. Is he a jerk or is he a jerk? Paul Orndorff is your guy. How can oh, you talk Billy about Billy jerk. He Billy waited all Jack, that time yeah. to put on his finishing move as full Nelson. Well, it, the match went a full 20 minutes. It wasn't until about 18 and a half that Mr. Wonderful attempted a pile driver. But what? But, 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 what? Maybe. Where's the doc? Is he too busy to call you back? I'd He's like to speak to the guy. Why are you so darn concerned with Because my you're ripping everybody off, telling everybody you're hurt when in fact you're not hurt. I am hurt. You're not hurt. I am hurt. I don't see you 
I don't see you when you make this move and turn the other way. You're not complaining about your neck. Only I'm, when you think about I'm it. I'm gutting it out here. Oh, please. The gutless wonder, indeed. Gutting it out. So the question still goes on. Is it a legit injury, or is Bobby Heenan milking it? And that little angle going to be the focal point of the next several weeks here on Primetime as it's back to the ring for another Primetime exclusive. Hillbilly Jim with Little Beaver in his corner over Iron Mike Sharp in about seven minutes' time after blasting Mike Sharp with his own loaded forearm band. Take that. That matchup taped all the way back June the 3rd in Rochester at the War Memorial. As we come out of that matchup, we hear some more comments here. It's Bobby Heenan with some quick shots on Little Beaver before Gorilla Monsoon has some fun trying to disprove this injury of the brain. Hillbilly Jim, one of the biggest and most powerful men in all of professional wrestling world today. And now he's got a little guy in his corner, a guy that you tried to seal the casket on his career permanently, you and Bing Bong Bundy. Well, one thing about it, you only need one Paul Bear. <laughs> uh, you think that's funny, don't you? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right, why don't you take a couple of Ramagels? Maybe you'll feel better. Let's go right now to ringside as Hillbilly Jim takes on Iron Mike Sharp. You hey, declared who? Iron Mike Sharp the winner. Why didn't you give him the winner's purse? I'm not the promoter. Well, you declared him the winner on national well, television. Well, should have been. All Beaver did was come in here and hit him with a moccasin, bite him. What was, he, what was he doing when he was stuffing something down into his forearm support? It probably came loose and he was just cinching Before it Before long, I... you'll be stuffing things down into your neck support as well, I would assume. You know, Hillbilly Jim is really a nice guy, though. He's okay, not as go bad. Ahead, lay it on me. I know you're going to say something derogatory. He took Little Beaver home the other day and let Little Beaver ride his dog. <laughs> He's a pretty big-hearted guy. I notice you're nodding up and down very well. The pain's not bothering you that at all. Why don't you just take the thing off and be done with it? That's exercises my doctor gave me to do. Works fine. A little painful, but I can gut it out. Gold bricker indeed. Love the one-liner there from Bobby Heenan. Little Beaver's so small, he only needs one pallbearer. I wrote LOL. And so Gorilla getting Bobby Heenan to move his neck really quickly there, but Heenan claiming they're just neck exercises. And the Gorilla continuing to try and disprove the legitimacy of this weasel neck injury. And as primetime continues on, Bobby Heenan on a roll this week before he puts over his Islanders. I understand, folks, from the director. You, you're laughing. You won't be laughing when I tell you that there's a possibility we won't see the Islanders that having trouble with the tape, I understand. What? Now, now you're upset, right? Neck didn't bother you a bit then. He just spun around just like that and said, what? See, I get you Roll with it these to the Islanders. Little, I get you with these little things, don't I? Just another way of proving that you're a liar and a fraud and that you really don't have an injury. In fact, we're going to see the Islanders. We're going to see them in tag team action. Let's go to it. And we see the Islanders here in a primetime exclusive over the team of Jim Powers and Cowboy Scott Casey. Of course, the Islanders accompanied to the ring by Bobby Heenan, scoring the win over Casey and Powers, Haku pinning Powers after stereo diving headbutts from both Islanders. That matchup taped June 23rd at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. As we close out this edition of Primetime Wrestling, there's even more discussion of the contract of one Bam Bam Bigelow. It appears that the Doctor of Style Slick has made claim to having Bam Bam already signed to a contract. But Bobby Heenan begs to differ. Also, the brain having a little fun with Bruno Sammartino. Well, what's amazing? Bruno Sammartino can sit out there and commentate on a 10-minute match with 36 pounds of linguine in his mouth. It's amazing. Hey, aren't you in enough trouble? 
Yes, I am in pain. Now, I'm talking about Patera. Well, Patera's in trouble. Now, I got news for you, too. I also got word this week from the Slickster that, in fact, you guys better keep your hands off of Bam Bam Bigelow that he's signing them up. What? You heard. You heard. <laughs> the Dr. Style said, in fact, that he is negotiating with Bam Bam Bigelow and for the rest of you guys to take a hike ski. Well, that's tampering. What do you mean Because Bigelow tampering? belongs to me. I'll tell you something, It's Slickster. Bigelow for your information. That's what I said, Bigelow. <laughs> Just saying boogaloo, so <laughs> Slickster understands what we're talking about. I talk Please. his language. Every one of you is laying claim right now to Bam Bam Bigelow. This guy must really be a hot item. Well, I have him. So Heenan getting a dig in there on Bruno before they begin discussion of Slick claiming that he had signed Bam Bam. Bobby Heenan calling it contract tampering as he's the one who has Bigelow signed. Only he doesn't refer to him as Bigelow, now does he? No, referring to him as Bam Bam Boogaloo, which will continue to be a running joke here. Heenan can't even get the name of the man right. Gorilla Monsoon correcting him here this week. His name's Bam Bam Bigelow, not Boogaloo. But Bobby Heenan says he only called him Boogaloo so that Slick would understand. I wrote LMAO. Oh my God, what are we doing here, Bobby? As we close out this edition of Primetime Wrestling, we also end this edition of The Grenade. But we will return next week. Going to talk the other half of July TV here. As we continue this build to Bam Bam Bigelow, we're also going to hear our very first soundbite of newcomer ravishing Rick Rude. He's finally arrived. No doubt we'll have more on the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. We'll see our final look at Tom Zink and Rick Martell, the Can-Am connection. Of course, Zink already gone from the company. So we'll be discussing all of that and so much more next week here on The Grenade. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. SoftSense Body Mousse. The new SoftSense Body Mousse with vitamin E. The body moisturizer that absorbs in an instant. SoftSense Body Mousse with vitamin E. Thank you there, Alfred. Boy, I wish they did more with Alfred Hayes on TV at this point in time in 87, but I digress as we close out this edition of The Grenade. want to thank all of the loyal listeners of the WrestleCopia brand, whether it's The Grenade, Monday, Warfare, Regional Wrestling, all of the above, and then some. I appreciate all of you guys, but it's your word of mouth that really gets us out there. Remember that, guys. So the next time you see something I post on Facebook or Twitter, YouTube, whatever the case may be, share it, retweet it, like it. Give us a five-star rating over there on Apple Podcasts. Let people know what our shows are all about. Let them know we're there, and we mean business. We're for real, guys. Lots of hard work, energy, research, editing. Everything goes into these shows, and I hope it shows. I appreciate all of your feedback every time I hear you on social media. And don't forget, if you guys ever need to reach me by email, it's WrestleCopia at gmail.com, just that simple. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at WrestlingGrenade. It's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. I'm most active there on Twitter when it comes to social media. And of course, I have to ask you guys, if you have a few bucks in your pocket, please give us a try over there at the $5 all-access tier at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Get you all sorts of gifts for just $5. No subscription, cancel any time. You get all sorts of goodies including all of my insanely detailed show notes, early access to many of the podcasts here on The Grenade, digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, of course, the Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, and so much more. You get all of that for the low price of just $5. And even if you say, Ray, I'm cool with the podcast you already put out there for free, hey, 
I appreciate you guys for it. But remember, I don't do commercials, guys. I don't have any advertisers. So I can absolutely use your help in paying some of the bills to keep the Russell Copia Podcast Network up and running. Got to pay the software bills. Got to pay the hosting bills. And sometimes even got to spend a few dollars to get access to some of my research. But that's enough out of me for this week. Hope to have you guys back here next week as we finish out the month of July. We're already that close to the end of July here in 1987 of the World Wrestling Federation. Feels like I just started this thing. And then we'll be moving into the month of August. And I already started a little campaign there, at least on Twitter, asking you guys out there, the listeners, to book your fantasy SummerSlam. If there was a 1980 SummerSlam, what would be your card? I was very curious to see. And I plan to deliver my own version of a SummerSlam card but I'm going to keep it very factual and in line with the time. I've seen a lot of uh, fun fantasy booking out there in response to my post, but a lot of it's simply not possible. Either guys were out injured, they weren't with the company anymore at the time. I saw a lot of Can-Am Connection mentioned. Of course, Tom Sink already quit the promotion by this time. And basically what I'm going to do, at least with my SummerSlam card, my fantasy card, is I'm going to try to make it in line with the current goings-on here in the World Wrestling Federation, try to keep it as real as possible. So that's going to be fun when we get into the month of August. But for now, it's time to say goodbye here on The Grenade, and I'll be back again next week. More July 87 goodness coming your way. So until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! Billy Jack Haynes, all-American bimbo. Billy Jack Haynes, custom-made retard.